She is Serious, a podcast where we showcase female athletes and their impact beyond the game. Each week, we will be bringing on influential women in the world of sports and showing why they are so much more than athletes. My name is Taylor Hall. I'm a health and fitness influencer and collegiate athlete at Biola University. And this is my sis, my co-host, Ashley White. What's up, girl? Hey, y'all. Hey, my name is Ashley White, a former student athlete manager for UNCW's women's basketball, a blogger, writer for Beautiful Ballers, and an advocate for women in sports. Thank you for tuning in weekly to She Is Serious podcast. And this is why female athletes are now to be taken seriously. Yes. Hey sis, welcome back to another episode of She Is Serious. We are so excited to have Sean Kelly on with us today. SK, she is an amazing woman in sport and has done so much beyond the court. We're so excited to hear your story. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're awesome. Blessed, never stressed. And it's Friday. It's the best day of the week. So we're feeling fabulous. Fabulous Friday. It's Friday, yeah. So let's get it started. So SK, um, how did, what would you say is your sports story and how did you get into like what you are doing right now? Um, I'd say I started playing basketball at least when I was young. Um, I started playing organized basketball when I was four years old um, with like boys and stuff. But my main sport was soccer for a long time. Um, I did like soccer and basketball together. For a couple years, a couple like, years, like from four, like, probably four, all the way probably, to um, 14, 14, like 14, high school. High school. And then um, I was playing, my was dad playing owned my, dad, my AU organization. So, so I've been playing for my, I played for my dad, my dad um, all in elementary, all middle school, high school. high school. Um, I ended up quitting soccer in high school, completely going to basketball. And then I played for two more years with my dad's organization, which is Phenom in Cincinnati, Ohio. And then I played EYBL with All Ohio uh, my final year, my junior year, and uh, committed to ANT right after the um, Nike Nationals, like a week after Nike Nationals. And um, the rest is history. I've been here ever since. Um, my coach offered me when I was about like 14 though. So I've known wow. my coach I was pretty young. That's awesome. So yeah. how was the recruiting process for you? Did it start? It sounds like it started from a pretty young age. And do you think that's because you got such an early start with the game? Mm -hmm. So my sister played college basketball as well. So I think um, like a lot of my early offers like was from from the name, like so they would come to games because uh, they remembered like my last name, Darks. They saw my sister and then uh, came to my games. Um, Auntie was actually my second offer and that was when I was in eighth grade. And then after wow, that, that's they, crazy. Yeah, they rolled in pretty consistently. Um, I know, like with the rules, like I would get nervous because you know they can't call you, but you can call them. And like if they didn't pick up, I'd be like, oh crap! Like, do they not want me to? Like I said, my coach I have now, I used to be like, you never answer my calls. He's like, yeah, but I can't call you back. You couldn't call me back. So it was like it was pretty good. But my recruiting was pretty steady, like eighth grade, ninth grade. And then from then on, it's like I kind of knew I was going to college. I knew I was playing Division One basketball at that point. So it was kind of like getting better and like honing in on what you're going to be good at in school. Like, you know, like when you go to your team, your college team, like what are you going to perfect or 
what are you going to uh, focus on mostly? So I know uh, I'm a point guard, so like facilitating, passing, I score too, uh, defense. So I know that was a big deal for me once I decided like, okay, I'm coming here. I, I knew I wanted to go to a for forever. I went on like six or seven unofficial visits. Like I just like would come up yeah. here like, hey, I'm here. So yeah. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the atmosphere, the HBCU like. And mm -hmm. um, but when I got down to like my official visits, I remember it was funny, like another school I'd posted being an anti's like football game and like the first game of the season that year. And one of the coaches from another school was like, yeah, we knew we lost you when you posted them. <laughs> like, and they're like, yeah, we lose a lot of kids with the football. I'm like, sorry, but oh, yeah. My you know what? That is kind of big. Like when a school has football, I feel like it makes all the difference. Yeah, a school, like, being from Cincinnati, like, Xavier in Cincinnati doesn't have football, and it's, like, they're, they're very different than University of Cincinnati, even though they're right down the street, because one has football, one doesn't, one's more, like, a private school, not too much going on, but University of Cincinnati, where I'm from, it's, like, open, football's going on, like, all year long, it's just, like, fun, I guess. Yeah, yeah Xavier football is yeah. big deal. Xavier is a, a big East school since a lot of the big yep. Easts are like Catholic private schools. So mm -hmm. Cincinnati is like, I believe the AAC. So I may be wrong. Yeah. So. I think Cincinnati just switched to big 12. Dang. Yeah. They Everybody just, so there was a couple, right. Didn't BYU switch too to, I can't remember what conference they switched from the WCC. They switched. They were WCC, and then I think they went to Big 12 or something like that. I can't remember oh, what it was. The Big 12 is just like a lot of the conferences are expanding. Like our this is our third conference in four years. So like we went from MEAC to Big South to CAA, which is where we've been for the past year now. Oh, talk a little bit about that and how the competition has been at each conference. Um, I'd say the MIAC was the most competitive because it was like all HBCUs. Um, so our crowds were different for MIAC games. Like our crowd was always big. The boys crowd is always big in general, just with students. And I know as we switched conferences, like because we like the students didn't know what school it was or like hadn't heard of people from that school, like they didn't come out as much like the games were different and but when we would play the HBCUs like you could tell it was like more people in the stands um and then I have not got the chance to play in the CAA yet but I know it is more competitive than both the MIAC and the Big South um I know a lot of power a lot of C there's a lot of power five transfers in the CAA as well um who go down like down in conference competition I guess so I'm excited to play in the CAA it's bigger I know we would fly a lot more instead of like bus trips, like because it's like bigger, a bigger conference versus yeah. we, we we didn't fly at all. Uh, Big South, I don't think we flew at all either. So, no, wow, that's not. actually so surprising. C the CAA, um, it goes from like up north towards like Boston, Delaware, yeah. South Carolina. So like College of Charleston, and then you have Townsend, Delaware. Mm -hmm all of them so it's all over i would say it's all over the place so it's like yeah. you spoke about how you had an older sister that played basketball how big was she as an inspiration for you growing up and then what role did she play in helping you at the next level 
Um, growing up, I'd say she was an inspiration for me because I wanted to be like better than her. I think that's like younger sibling syndrome. Like I just wanted to yeah. be better. And my sister's taller than me. We didn't play the same position or anything. She's like 5'11", like a wing. Um, so I think there was always like that competitiveness of, I always wanted to play with her. Like if she would have played one more year, um, because like she had a redshirt year, she would have waited one more. Like we would have played against each other, I bet at some point. Cause she went to FAMU. So we would have been oh, that would have been so fun. Yeah, but she left cause she went to grad school. But um, she was also an inspiration to me just like seeing her like hard work and like seeing how it paid off for her. She's getting her PhD now and still playing basketball like had, has paid for that. Wow. Um, wow. That experience has paid for her to be still getting her PhD now. So, um, and my sister's also very intelligent. So I think seeing the academic side of being a college athlete, um, she helped me transition better to when I was a freshman. And my parents also knew what to do differently with me than with her. So like asking the right questions recruiting wise, um, I graduated, I graduated college in two years because we just knew about transfer credits differently because my sister transferred and lost all her credits. So like we knew certain things with me that we didn't know before, like as a family. You so are so lucky because so many people don't know about that. Like for me, my parents had yeah. no idea. I was the first kid going to play college athletics and the recruiting mm -hmm. process. You don't really know the right quest questions to ask. You yeah. don't know about the transfer portal. So it's like you're just diving in head first. So I'm sure having an older sibling is like key. Yeah, it, it really is. Cause I got like, my sister transferred after a freshman year and it was like, it's a lot. And it was before the transfer portal existed. So now like when i was coming in like we just asked certain things how do you fit into the system how like what are your what do you see happening because i know my sister was like one year like the next year they're like oh you're not gonna fit into our system anymore and it was like they didn't ask the right questions who right. are you bringing up? like who are you looking at after my class stuff like that i know when i came to my visit my mom had like two pages worth of a list and a question. That's and so important. Literally, those questions are so important because most yeah. of the time the coaches just try to sell you and everyone is like, oh, like I just want to play college sports. You know, it's our yeah. first time. This is awesome. And so it sounds all great and dandy, but of course they're going to sound amazing when you're just visiting because they want you to go to their school. Mm -hmm. And it's all the behind the scenes stuff that you need to ask. So mm -hmm. having those two pages of questions, I think is awesome. Like I need you to send yeah. those my way for when I have kids too. But it, you know, also it helps that we've gone through it now and we can help our kids going down the road, you know? Yeah. And I think the recruitment process has changed even more though, because, uh, my freshman year was NIL or maybe not like my sophomore year is when NIL was like introduced. So I know that's a different recruiting process as well. Like, Oh, for sure. And then it's like money's getting thrown at kids now. Like, so they're, it's gonna, they're gonna talk a good game and try to throw the most money but you mm -hmm. might not even be there next year. And then if you get stuck in the transfer portal and don't get out, don't like get out. that initial decision was actually very important, regardless money, regardless any of that. Absolutely. So, so both you and your sister went to HBCUs, which is mm -hmm. huge. Um, mm -hmm. How would you, if someone wanted to know about more about HBCUs, especially their sports program, 
what would you tell them and why is it important that they should know about mm -hmm. the importance of HBCU is since it doesn't get a lot of coverage? Yeah, I'd say HBCU sports are a lot more like student supporting. Um, I know like at power, at, okay, like let's put HBCUs not in the category like versus the power fives versus like the other mid-majors. So other mid-majors don't get as much student support. Like we've seen it. We played against the Big South teams. This, I haven't played in the CAA, but I like, watched them last year. Like their student life is not as big versus at HBCUs, the student life is like everything. Like that's why people go there um, for mm -hmm. like the community. Like I know our basketball, our gym is Club Corbett. Like it's supposed to be fun and a party. Like the people barely go to watch the game, but it doesn't matter. Like it's the atmosphere. Like it's loud it's fun um and then in general like i know it's it's easier to like have like friend groups i think at an hbcu like outside of your sport because i know at a lot of um like pwis non-hbcu schools like the athletes are just friends with athletes and like that's kind of like who they run with versus here at famu or howard any of them it's like there's just so many people who are like interested in the same things as you outside of your sport. Yeah. They're not as fine. And then, like I said, student life is just really big. Like our student center is packed after every football game, basketball game. Um, I know maybe not track meets, but our track team is really good too. Like we get athletes, but I think a way HBCUs can be better is with the NIL stuff because these schools are giving their students platforms to have an income um, that I know that if we could do better with that, we'd probably get more athletes. So you mentioned that you have a lot of student support. Is that on both the men's and women's side for basketball? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say, of awesome. course, men's basketball always gets like more people, just their men. I was telling Jukum like, I think we're like, our team's good too. We just can't dunk. Like that's like, we just can't dunk the ball. Like No, seriously. That's like the only difference. And people started catching on this year with the tournament. They were like, have you been mm -hmm. watching the NCAA women's tournament? I said, yeah, it's I've better. been watching for the past however many years and you just hopped on now that it's being yeah. streamed on ESPN and ABC, which is awesome. But it's mm -hmm. just funny because people are like, oh, did you watch it? Like, yes, I've been watching it. You know what I mean? Did you know? Did you know it was a yeah. good game? Did you know it was fun to watch? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, been fun to watch. I think girls are actually more competitive. I think boys nowadays, men's basketball is like, they just come up the court, play one-on-one -on -one with whoever the matchup is for that possession, and then, all right. Which girls, you know, we run more plays. Defense is more of a big deal. Um, I think it's more team-based. I think for men, it's easier to win with like one or two people. Women, like you need everyone to be on the same page, move as one. So yeah. Yeah, for but sure. The same support and like how our court is, like it's on the court. Like we're not that far removed from the students. Like Oh, that's cool. It's kind of like how Duke's is. You know how Duke's gym is set up to where it's like on top yes. of them? Yes. Oh, okay. Like just like Duke's, like everyone's right there. Duke's Duke's court is small though, but for oh, some reason, for that's some... why it works because it it's loud. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. but for some mm -hmm. reason it it's always packed. Like you can't even get no tickets unless you're a student mm -hmm. 
a donor or alum or you just a millionaire like it's so hard but um but what a fun environment for you to play in that yeah it's fun and i know like rivalry games are like way more fun oh yeah Um, i know we get like in the tournament though like Mm, tournament i don't even know where the cwa tournament is this year but like i'm sure if it was close like people would still come to that too like just to support see that's so cool um and then city to city we get fans too like i know hbcu alum like it's a big deal you go in the airport with your paraphernalia on like alum are like coming up to you like oh it's like a family like once you graduate it's still a thing but like when our team traveled in the airport, for, at least for NCAA tournament, when I remember like people were coming to, where are you guys playing? Oh my gosh, like just alum. So like when we played at home, where I'm from in Cincinnati, like there was a whole NCAT section of people who lived in that city, just cause they know you're coming. So. Wow. So the, um, usually the um, CAA tournament is usually up north, like say some are Washington DC, some was mm-hmm. in Delaware, some was in, which, that was a long drive, 12 hour drive that I took, well, road because it was my last. So, but, and then it's usually up north. It's never like, say, in Wilmington. It's usually in like Virginia or up north. So I'm just, okay. perfect, I'm just letting you know, just in case, because yeah. when you said that it's usually, you know, with A&T, usually when the MIAC is usually like everybody comes out, it's like a holiday, yes. it's like everything. So yeah, we're up in work now. <laughs> so when you were in the MIAC, um, mm-hmm. is was Central usually the Central ANT game? Was it always packed? Like was it everybody was just Yep. Central ANT was always packed. Um, I know we didn't Winston's not um in the MIAC, but I know I think our men's team played Winston for scrimmage and like people were at that. So like yeah, Central Central was always a oh. Great game. Um, I'm trying to think who else was like a... So when I played in the MIAC, we were also COVID. So we only got half of the MIAC. We didn't even get to play everyone. So we... Oh, that's what happened to my school before I came here, before I transferred to Biola. They said they played the same team like four times in the season. Four times. Mm-hmm. And then when that's you got to the tournament, you played the, other, you played the other side. And so how was that? Crazy. Like, was it really tough to play against them because you, they knew your scout? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like sometimes I know by the fourth game, like, you know, the first time you played them, the first one, two time. Okay. But when you were going around the second time, the third game. Okay. But the fourth game, you're like, so tired. Like you're bored. Like, Oh, like this is this play. This is that play. Right. Like, you know, this is so good at that point. It's like, I remember we like, we didn't practice. We didn't play during the week. So like all week practices instead of breaking it up, it was like Monday through Friday practice. Saturday, I Sunday. hate that. I literally hate mm-hmm. that. It's just so mentally draining. You're like, when can we just get a little break to play? You don't. Like, yeah, weekends were just completely gone, traveling, basketball. Um, and then COVID in general was just draining. How has the NIL and the platform that you have used kind of make an impact in both your life and sport? Um, I'd say... I didn't use it to my advantage my sophomore year because um, it had just started. Our, our school didn't really have anything in place for athletes. Um, but coming back now and not even having played a season and getting like the opportunity to 
work with different brands and have an outside income versus what they give us. I think it lets you be able to do more things, maybe not be so uh, quote unquote trapped within like school stuff. Um, you get an outlet to be able to show your creativity, show your life. Um, and a lot of people look up to athletes, whether they're athletes or not, um, just from different standpoints. Like you get to show off your fashion sense, maybe that you weren't able to do before um, with NIL or, you know, just sharing like into your life. And I know it's, I was already doing like social media stuff and I kind of had to, before NIL, you have to like keep it like private or separate. You can't even like show your school. Like, I think I can't even imagine without having NIL because it's like, can we believe we couldn't show our team logo? That's crazy, huh? Or, yeah, like that's weird. So it's like, it makes sense to be able to do it now. And I just can't imagine not having it. Yeah, and that's also super important for us to be able to discover things that we like to do outside of basketball. So like you mm -hmm. said, I think NIL is great for that creative outlet. What are some mm -hmm. of your favorite things to do outside of basketball? Um, I like, I really like photography. Um, I like hanging with my friends and family, but like, I feel like everyone, everyone likes hanging with their friends and family. Um, I like to, I really like movies. Um, I just saw movies like two days in a row. I saw Spider-Man. I saw Ooh. Little Mermaid. Um, oh, was Little Mermaid good? Yeah, it was good. I want to see it so bad. But like I told my, like my team went together and I was trying to tell them like, it's a musical. They're like, no, it's not. I'm like, it is a musical. It's a little mermaid. Like, and then they like would sing every scene. And I'm like, I told you guys, it's a whole musical. It's the only difference is they don't have like the words on the screen. Like it's not a sing along, but like they're definitely singing like the whole movie. I like it though. They did a really good job. Yeah. Um, the CGI is really good. It doesn't look animated in that sense. It looks great. Like they did a yeah, really good job. And movie. I love Halle Berry. You mean Halle Bailey? You said Barry. Oh. <laughs> I meant Halle Bailey. Yeah. It's okay. I it's love okay. her. The reason I love her though is because I went to go see the Beyonce concert a couple of years ago mm -hmm. when she was on tour with Jay Z. And oh, they were opening oh. up Halle and what is it? Halle and Haley? Chloe. Chloe and Halle. See, this is why I can't get it correct. But anyways, them two okay. together are like fabulous. They're amazing. So ever since then, I started following them and I think they're super talented. So I saw that she was playing The Little Mermaid. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to see it. Yeah, I want to see the Spider-Man one. Spider-Man was really good too. I liked it. The only movie I, just... I haven't seen that's like out right now is like Super Mario Bros. I don't know. So what do you, what do you like to take pictures of? Are you like a just a photographer or also cinematography too like what is your favorite thing mm, like Ooh, i like, like i have a, um two digital two different digital cameras that i like to photograph on and i like to do like fashion stuff like i've done it and i've set stuff up for myself like timer with my um like my canon like i do it that way but i like to like get my friends to go and do stuff because they like, you know, when you ask someone like, hey, can you take my pictures and they take them bad? Like, that's not me. Oh, like, my I'm God. Trying get, I'm trying to get the best. Like, I'm like on my knees, like with my actual camera, like not the phone camera. Like, so Girl, like to, like, SK, we have that in common because please, I'm over here, like bending over, trying to get the best angles for my friends. Yeah. And they're like, hey, is this good? I'm like, like um, no. 
it is just awful. <laughs> it's so like, terrible. Like what I I hate telling people like, can you just keep going? <laughs> Take more. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Thanks. Yeah, no, I'm just like, and it's so weird because I will always take the pictures first, I feel like. And then if I ask for pictures afterwards, it's never the same energy in return. So maybe we should meet up just to take pics so we can both get each other's good angles. Yeah, I love, so I love taking pictures. I like, I like nature a lot. Like I know since I moved here, I haven't gotten to hike, but I like hiking. Um, Oh, hiking is fun. Yeah, I like picnics and stuff. I used to roller skate, but now that I'm playing, I can't roller. I can't roller skate right now, because imagine getting hurt. Oh yeah, I was roller skating like you know, Aww. right? I know that's like, how I feel with like skiing and all that stuff. I don't want to go skiing when I was playing basketball because I don't want to hurt myself or do mm-hmm. any of that. So I'm excited this year at least. Now that I'm done, I can go mm-hmm. skiing and have my winter, which also. Can you tell everybody a little bit about the basketball season? Like you said, you're playing basketball right now, but it's the off season, but there's technically no off season, right? Right. Right. So I know the official quote unquote season starts what, September or no? Honestly, you start a practice in August. Yeah. Like that's summer season. That's practice. So yeah, basketball never ends. Like you get like what, two, three breaks in between, but so the season season starts like October 31st, I think, is when, okay, official practice starts. So you start scrimmages, you start playing. So that's in October. And then October, November, that's like preseason scrimmages. Um, usually Half you go. December. Mm-hmm, then you go into December. Some teams go into conference, but some teams don't start conference till January. Mm-hmm. So that's still like heating up to actually what i'm not gonna say what matters but like conference is important because that's where you're gonna get the ring your ring for the season or get to compete and get a bid to the tournament and i think there's most conferences are one bid conferences so like that tournament's a big deal your seating is a big deal um so yeah january so that's december that's like pre-season or pre-conference and then conference starts in January. That's January, February, March. March yeah. is when mm-hmm. January, February would be conference. March starts the tournament. And then my birthday's on April first, so I'm always like, that's when, that's oh, when the game, the game is. You are Aries. So, I am an Aries. Yeah. I'm April thirteenth. So. <laughs> Wait, does anyone ever try to like April fools you on your birthday? When I was young, they did like all the time. And I haven't got any April Fool's jokes in like years. And I guess since COVID, like nothing's funny. Like no one's putting jokes on each other. Like nothing's funny at all. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so like my birthday is when the season ends really. And then, you know, that's when you are not allowed to practice. So like we get that break. If Once you lose the tournament, you get that break until the final game is played. One week later, back to practice, spring practice. Mm-hmm. You know, you're back with spring workouts. And then I know we do spring workouts through all of April, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of April. And then May, May's like off until summer school starts. So like I just got here on the 22nd of May for summer school. And then I'm doing both summers. We're doing both summer sessions. Everyone mm-hmm. doesn't have both summer sessions. But like we offer both summer sessions just to get ahead of school or whatever. 
So that's June, July, then you're back to August, back to when school starts. What's your major? Um, I graduated, my undergrad degree was pre-medical biology and I graduated in May, 2022. Now I'm getting my MBA. Thanks. So what would you say, um, would you say that both of those um, degrees kind of apply to the sport that you're in or would you say or it's outside of it? Um, I actually, my undergrad, so in biology, I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon because I wanted to be like a team doctor. Like that's what I wanted to do. Oh. I wanted to specialize in knees, like ACLs, MCL, PCL. That's what I wanted to do. Um, and now I like sports business. So oh. uh, right now I do social media marketing for a marketing firm that is mostly sports related. But I know in the future, like next summer, I really want to try to intern with an NBA or WNBA team or even like NFL. Like, hey. So yeah, I like the sports. I like sports business. Like that's what I'm really interested in now. That's so that's cool. Dope. What would you want to do with those internships? Like what area would you want to be in if you were working with a WNBA or an NBA team? Um, right now I want to do like social, social media marketing. Okay. Super cool. Can yep. you explain like the concept of social media marketing? Cause I know some people will say social media marketing is this, 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 but I feel like there's so much that it needs to be broken down, so. Yeah, I'd say social media marketing has a, d a lot of different aspects, especially depending on if it's for a person, for a brand, for a team. So I know for a person, like if it's just one person, social media marketing for them is like making themselves a brand. So that's a lot of PR stuff and um, content creation with like in collaboration with brands versus if it's for an actual brand, social media marketing is putting that in influencers' hands or making UGC, so user-generated content for your page. Um, but if it's a team, it becomes like games, practices, um, interviews with players, fun stuff. Like I think I like social media marketing with sports teams because it's like you get to see their personalities and you get to start falling in love with the players and having connection with the players and with the team. So like, I know one of my favorite, I'm biased because I'm from Cincinnati, but like, I love the Bengals social media team. Like they do a great job of like trends, like they keep up with trends and like they make it mm -hmm. a funny thing you want to follow them. And so I know that's like why I'm trying to get better with my photography and eventually videography skills because a lot of the marketing teams are like, they kind of do it all. Like they're also the photographer, they're also the videographer but I more so enjoy creating the concepts. Of you see it. a lot, you'll see a lot of those positions open, especially during the summer. Like I know through like say their social media, like that team's social media or like through say teamworks and stuff. So mm -hmm. it's like you say, I feel like it's a great, it's a great opportunity and it'll help like, you know, expand that, you know, what you want to do. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah no, especially now. Yeah, during COVID, social media marketing became bigger because there's not in-person events. There's not um, that. And that's for brands and, like, for people. Like, I swear there became more content creators after COVID, you know? Oh, my gosh, girl, what? So I live in L.A. now, and I'm like, is everybody an influencer? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many influencers, and I don't remember it being like that before COVID. No, it's all after COVID. 
because everyone yeah. I feel like was stuck in the house. TikTok became big. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was definitely a post-COVID thing. 100%. Yeah. And you know what? It's so cool that you're doing the social media marketing and you have like that insight of you're an athlete mm-hmm. and then you're building your own brand. You're like, how would you want to be represented too? So you can kind of bring that right. different insight. And then it's right. such a great opportunity for these other teams to use you as an asset to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would love to do that. If there was a brand that you would want to collaborate or like what would what would be the top three brands you would love to collaborate? The top three brands I would love to collaborate with. Number one, Kava. Best food I've ever had in my life. Would love oh, to collaborate with Kava. I love Kava. What? It's so good. What's that? I'm sorry. I'm so I know I'm probably so ignorant with health food, but what is Kava? It's Mediterranean food, but it's like in a Chipotle style, like where they put the stuff like you walk in the line it's like you tell them what you want but it's way tastier better yeah and healthy it's greek it's like mediterranean greek right oh yeah and the chicken their chicken is so good i just feel like it's seasoned perfectly you walk through that line they're always making your chicken so it's warm they are not skimpers i hate when you like go through a chipotle or you go through a cafe real i love cafe real but they need to be consistent okay people be consistent with the portions that you give us like with the chicken i'm like yes put an extra scoop but i feel like kava always is filling up that bowl so that's what i like about you never have to ask your bowl's to the brim like when you put the cover on it's like smashed down see that's what i like i'm like i want my bowl to feel like it has some weight to it you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i love kava love kava and then number two i'm just trying to think of like brands like i use um, I'd say no, I'd definitely, definitely like, like spray deodorant. Like my mom works for Procter and Gamble, and I'm like, mom, come on, what what are you what, guys what, doing? Why? Why? You're like, please, I am your asset right in front of you. I'm your child. Why don't you present this like opportunity? Definitely them. Definitely and then that. lastly, I definitely would want to work with like a hair brand, just because my mm. locks have become like kind of more recognizable. But I don't even know what hair brand I would work with. Maybe like Shea Moisture. I use a lot of their products. So stuff like that. That's dope. Like how picky are you when it comes to working with brands? Oh, that's a good question. Mm, It depends on what they like have. Like if it's something I don't use and I have to like fake and act like I use it or would use it, like I usually would not work with them. Mm. Like I swear this like like if like a wig brand came up to me and was like, "Hey, like I'm like I'm not gonna put my locks in like a wig yeah. cap and wear this wig and act like I wear I don't wear that." Like I wouldn't work with them. They could offer me money and I would be like, "I don't think so." But if it was like, or if it was clothes that I don't wear or wouldn't wear, like it's hard for me to say yes because like I'm never gonna wear this. Yeah, and then it's hard for you to even promote that and make make it not seem fake, you know, when you're doing those little ads because, yeah, I feel like the same thing with me. It's like I don't have as big of a platform as you, but whenever I do work with brands or whenever they reach out to me, 
And even if it's these small companies that are offering me a little bit of money, it's like, it's, it's, um, it's a good incentive at first. I'm like, oh yeah, a couple hundred bucks here and there. But honestly, in the long run, it's important that you narrow those brands down so that you're able to really niche in. And then I'm sure you have maybe a goal of owning your own business one day. So you want to make sure that yeah. you're representing yourself well now for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, um, like right now I'm, I intern in social media marketing. So it's like, I know how to reach out to brands. I know like what they should have in their kits when they reach out to you and vice versa. So I know that's helped me a lot with NIL versus like maybe some of my peers or teammates. Cause like I work with negotiating those for other people. Right. No, that's super awesome. Hey girl, you better know your worth and add tax to it because ain't yeah. nobody going to just settle anything. So never yeah. settle never settle less than the best. Always remember yeah. that. I'd say Angel Reese like does a great job, like ran with it and kept going, like hasn't stopped yet. Right. She's like literally on top of the world right now with it. She's doing amazing mm-hmm. things, which is so cool. And we are so excited to see what you do with your future, how you're making an impact. And we can't wait to see you ball out the next couple of years too. We're going to follow you. And um, we just want to ask you one more final question. How are you, SK, more than an athlete? I'd say I'm definitely more than an athlete with my taking what athletics has taught me and putting it towards like actual life. So I know a lot of people probably don't know like I've been at ANT but I took a year off and I was living when I was living in California and I know a lot of the lessons I've learned in sports aka in perseverance and you apply those to like the business side of things or apply it to how you treat your relationships with people or you can learn from other people and I'd say just like athletics has in general made me a better person um it's helped me see the world it's helped me have opportunities I wouldn't have otherwise. And I know it's really set me up for success in my future because there's just certain things you don't get taught as like, it's crazy to like a regular person. Like it's just things you don't get taught. Like (laughs) when you're in athletics, like it's put in such a small environment, you know what I mean? And you're you're, you're forced to learn these things or like you drown. And you- Oh yeah, for sure. And I, so yeah, I think that that's really helped me and I hope in the future, like, I know, like, I want to do social marketing for a team, but I would love to have my own firm and be able to show athletes how to do the same things, take what they've done in their sports and apply it to the business world and, like, set themselves up for the future in that way. Girl, yes. Go for it. Go for it. You only got one life. You better go for it. Yes. yes and we can't wait to see your social media firm in the future. Um, I know you're going to be so successful. You have a very clear vision in front of you and you have the tools and the resources to do it. So we're so excited to watch you grow. Um, and thank you so much for being on today and for being a part of this community. We've loved talking to you. This is awesome. Thank you guys. I hope we talk again soon. Yes. Yes. And if you guys don't follow SK on socials, we will drop it in the comments below. So make sure you go follow her, keep up with her and her journey. And don't forget to tune in every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific time, 10 a.m. Eastern time to see why she is serious, baby.
Period. Period. Thanks, SK. Thank you, guys.